Section 16 of the World's Famous Orations, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Famous Orations, Volume 3. Speech on the Scaffold by Richard Rumbold. Footnote. Delivered in Edinburgh. Rumbold was captured after having been wounded and then separated from his companions in arms. An immediate trial had been ordered that he might be condemned before he died of his wounds. He was found guilty on June 26, 1685, sentenced to be executed the same afternoon, and was drawn and quartered, the quarters being exposed on the gates of English towns. End of footnote. Born about 1622, died in 1685 served under Cromwell at Dunbar in Worcester, one of the guard about the scaffold of Charles I, member of the Rye House Conspiracy in 1682, indicted for treason but escaped, served in Scotland under the Earl of Argyle in 1685, there captured, tried, condemned, and executed. It is for all men that come into the world once to die, and after death the judgment and since death is a debt that all of us must pay it is but a matter of small moment what way it be done seeing the lord is pleased in this manner to take me to himself i confess something hard to flesh and blood yet blessed be his name who hath made me not only willing but thankful for his honouring me to lay down the life he gave for his name in which were every hair in this head and beard of mine a life i should joyfully sacrifice them for it as i do this providence having brought me hither I think it most necessary to clear myself of some aspersions laid upon my name, and first, that I should have had so horrid an intention of destroying the king and his brother. It was also laid to my charge that I was anti-monarchical. It was ever my thoughts that kingly government was the best of all were justly executed. I mean, such as it was by our ancient laws, that is, a king and a legal free-chosen parliament the king having, as I conceive, power enough to make him great, the people also as much property as to make them happy, they being, as it were, contracted to one another. And who will deny me that this was not the justly constituted government of our nation? How absurd it is, then, for men of sense to maintain that though the one party of his contract break all conditions, the other should be obliged to perform their part. No, this error is contrary to the law of God, the law of nations, and the law of reason. But as pride hath been the bait the devil hath caught most by ever since the creation, so it continues to this day with us. Pride caused our first parents to fall from the blessed state wherein they were created, they aiming to be higher and wiser than God allowed, which brought an everlasting curse on them and their posterity. It was pride caused God to drown the old world and it was Nimrod's pride in building Babel that caused the heavy curse of division of tongues to be spread among us as it is at this day, one of the greatest afflictions the church of God groaneth under, that there should be so many divisions during their pilgrimage here. But this is their comfort, that the day draweth near, where, as there is but one shepherd, there shall be but one sheepfold. It was, therefore, in the defense of this party, in their just rights and liberties, against popery and slavery. Footnote. At this point Rumbold was interrupted by drum-beating. He said he would say no more on that subject since they were so disingenuous as to interrupt a dying man. End of footnote. I die this day in defense of the ancient laws and liberties of these nations, 
and though god for reasons best known to himself hath not seen it fit to honour us as to make us the instruments for the deliverance of his people yet as i have lived so i die in the faith that he will speedily arise for the deliverance of his church and people and i desire of you all to prepare for this with speed i may say this is a deluded generation veiled with ignorance that though popery and slavery be riding in upon them do not perceive it though i am sure there was no man born marked of god above another for none comes into the world with a saddle on his back neither any booted and spurred to ride him not but that i am well satisfied that god hath wisely ordered different stations for men in the world as i have already said kings having as much power as to make them great and the people as much property as to make them happy and to conclude i shall only add my wishes for the salvation of all men who were created for that end end of section 16 recording by philip gould